Revelations chapter 3, verse 1. Reading. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. Notice God talk about seven spirits of God. Now turn to Revelation chapter 4, verse 5. Reading. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire, burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Turn lastly to Revelation 5, verse 6. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, reading, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood the Lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Again, the mention of seven spirits. Let us turn to God in prayer. Eternal God, our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to study your word. We pray that you cleanse us and wash us thoroughly of all our sins. Lord, be in our midst. May your Holy Spirit be sent to help us understand your word, that we may have the right thoughts, of him, attribute to him the glory that is due to his name. Lord, remove all erroneous thoughts and understandings that we have had, and may we, each one of us, be humble to submit our minds and our hearts to thy word, that, Lord, we would have right thoughts of him, and thereby, Lord, magnify him aright. We ask for your presence, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week, we studied about the terms that God uses for the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's see if it's still here. Hmm. All right, never mind. For the Christian... Turn to Romans, please. Now, the Christian must always remember Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Reading, Romans 8, 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be, the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, God says for the believer, the Spirit of God dwell in you. All right? So we learn one term, dwell in you. And God says this, without exception, now if any man have not the Spirit of God, he is none of his. The indwelling. All right? Indwelling. 
exists in every believer if you do not have the Holy Spirit, means if you believe that at certain time the Holy Spirit is not in you, then you are none of his. You're not a believer. This explains the Old Testament as well. Any man, if any man, including Moses, including anyone, does not have this indwelling, he's none of his. This indwelling is not a location. It is about a relationship, a permanent, close, unbreakable, sealed relationship with the Holy Spirit, with God. Then we learn that God uses the word fill, all right, as well as come upon. All right, fill and come upon. Believers, this is one time never to be repeated at salvation and seal. The relationship is permanent. That's why we do not lose our salvation. I emphasize again the whole idea. How did people can imagine that Christians can lose salvation? Because of concepts like that. The Holy Spirit come and go. But there is this repeated mention of even for believers who are saved, the Holy Spirit fills them. And we are commanded even, even though we have the Holy Spirit, for New Testament believers, like what's for old, even though we have the indwelling, we are commanded to be filled. So although we have the indwelling, God commands us, be filled. And God also mentions that the Holy Spirit come upon us. All right? This is, this is describes relationship. This describes the fellowship. The fellowship. Empowering, enabling, strengthening, comforting. All these are repeatable. Repeatable. All right? So we learn that. We learned that. Now, with this as a basis of understanding the words that God uses to describe the work of the Holy Spirit, then we can understand other parts of scriptures and explain difficult passages. Today, we are going to explain some passages that causes Christians to believe that the Holy Spirit comes and goes, means they can lose the indwelling, or the Old Testament people do not have the Holy Spirit. Only certain ones have the Holy Spirit. And even for those certain ones, the Holy Spirit comes, um, the indwelling, there is no indwelling. They believe that only in the New Testament then indwelling came. Only, number one, only in the New Testament then the Holy Spirit was sent to us. The Holy Spirit was not sent. There was no indwelling for the Old Testament sin. How, did Christ, how do Christians come to that understanding? Because of certain passages that they read without looking at context. Now, remember the three things when you read and study scriptures. Without these three, you and I will fall into errors. What are the three C's? Uh, Brenda. Say again. Context. Very good. Always remember, without looking at context, you can make a passage mean anything that you want. Second one, Sing uh, Yun. Say again. Compare. All right, yes. In, in other words, it is compare for consistency. All right. Consistency with other parts of Scripture. Other parts of Scripture. Because when God makes a statement, 
Not only the context is important, but even if you take the context, you can try and twist it or misunderstand it. But once you look at other parts, compare with other parts, is it consistent in what you interpret? And then the third one, there is no contradiction with theology. All right, because all the parts of the Bible put together forms theology. Remember that, all right? Now, these three things must be applied in the reading of God's Word, studying of God's Word, understanding of God's Word. How do cults come about? How do errors come about in churches? Because the lack of these three C's when they interpret scriptures. Okay? Now, so with that, we understand words God used. Then we must remember these three things. Then we look at the passages. All right? Now, I know some certain passages you will begin to think, but how is it true that the Holy Spirit was only sent? Uh, the Holy Spirit is sent in the New Testament and it should not have been sent in the Old Testament. Now, let us, let us look at John 14, 16. So we look at, God willing, hopefully we can finish, five of the common arguments why the Holy Spirit was only sent in the New Testament. John 14, 16. Okay, now let's read this reading. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. You see, just without reading context, you look at this verse and say, Ah, but, but Jesus himself, Pastor, said that I will pray that God give you. God give you. And then he says further, he, he, he may abide with you forever. You see, the Holy Spirit did not come in the past. Christ was still praying that God will give them the Holy Spirit. So that is one that causes them to think. All right? Now let us also... Look at John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Let's read verses 38 and 39. Reading. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now he says, so you read this without context. Just take a verse and say, hey, pastor, come on. The Bible says that they that believe on him should receive. means they haven't received. Believers haven't received. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was not yet given. See, the Bible, the New Testament, make it very clear the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Jesus was praying that God the Father will give them so that they can receive. Now, how are you going to explain this kind of um, passage? passages? Number one, look at context, right? Look at context. 
Now, since we are here, let us just look at verse seven, uh, chapter 7 first, all right? Now, what is this? He that believe on him should receive. The Holy Ghost was not yet. Now, please know that the word given is in italics. In italics means it is not in the original language. It is written to um, sometimes to make an English statement complete. Because in Greek, you can just say the Holy Spirit was not yet. It makes full sense. But in English, it doesn't make sense. So the King James translator, they will complete a sentence to help us have a proper statement, but they will italicize it to help us realize this is not in there. All right, they're very careful. The Holy Spirit was not yet. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, context first. What is this? If any man, or rather, verse 32, the Pharisees heard the people murmured, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then Jesus said unto him, Yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. So context number one. Jesus is talking about he will go away. He will go away. All right? Because verse 34, Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me. And where I am thither, ye cannot come. All right? Now, then the context number two is... Verse 37, in the last day, the great day of feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Context number two, besides that he will be going away, number two is that it's about drinking Christ. Drinking Christ. Now, we have studied, eating and drinking Christ is not about the Holy Communion. Eating and drinking Christ is about coming to a permanent, intimate relationship. You eat and drink, it means you take him fully into you, number one. So he is saying that if, now if any man thirsts, thirsts for salvation, drink him. And then he says, he that believeth on me, see, drinking is about believing in Jesus. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What does it mean? Now, the believers that will drink in Christ means believe on him what will happen to them Christ will not be here on earth anymore they are the ones flowing this this living water flowing out of their bellies is just like the living water that they drank and got saved believers will be the ones that God used to go forth into the world because Christ will not be the one doing the evangelizing on earth the believers will go forth into the world and out of their belly, means out from inside them, this very same living water which they drank and got saved, they will be the one that will flow it out to people. Means they will spread the gospel, the living word for eternal life and how to live for Christ. So this is the context. So the context is Jesus is going away Believers who believe in him will be used of him to go forth into all the world and, and spread the gospel, make disciples. This is what it means, the context. So verse 39, he spake of the Holy Spirit. So this is, he said, what, what about this flowing? How can this outflow? He spoke about the work of the Christian that they will do will be actually the Holy Spirit that will work in them. Isn't it true? Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit alone in evangelism, in making disciples. It's never our abilities. So he's saying they, he was going to send them out after he left this earth, Acts chapter 1. 
And because of that, the, they will go forth, evangelize, and the Holy Spirit is the one that will be sent to enable them to do this work. Up to this point, Israel just stayed in their location. After Christ's resurrection and glorification, he told them, go ye forth into all, from Judea to Samaria, go forth. They will be sent forth. And in this sending forth, it's different. They will be fearful. They will be challenged. They will be persecuted. He said, don't worry. At that time, the, this work of flowing out living waters will be enabled by the Holy Spirit. So the context is about the Holy Spirit enabling the Christian to do God's work. Those who believe in Him must do God's work. So if you understand the context, then look here. What is this gift? He uh, um, spake of the Holy Spirit that they which believe on Him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet, not yet, not yet given for this task. Not yet means the Holy Spirit has not yet come to perform this role up to the point yet. Isn't it true? Have the, have the believers been sent out into all the world when Christ was with them? No. No. Not yet. So the Holy Spirit has, has not yet come to do this particular task. So when you understand the terms that God used, so this send, give, send and, sent and given. Uh, try now. Okay. Um, Josiah, this sent and given from the context, would it be this part or this part? A or, A or B? Josiah. This send and give. Would it be about indwelling or about infilling and coming upon? It must be infilling. Because the believers, by definition of Romans, all believers have the Holy Spirit in them. And when God says the Holy Spirit will be sent, will be given to they that believe, it cannot be this anymore because this is one time. It has been given, it has been sealed. So now this send and give must be referring to this repeatable part. Now to prove to you that Christ is not saying they have not received the Holy Ghost for indwelling yet. Can you please turn to John chapter 14 again? John chapter 14. Now, even when John, even when Christ was talking to them, now look at verse 17. Can we read verse, well, 16 and 17 together, all right, for context. Reading, And I will pray that the Father and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, being cause it seeth Him not, <clears throat> neither knoweth Him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now, Christ is talking to believers. He said, unbelievers, they do not know him. 
Because they don't have the indwelling. Do not know him means there is no relationship. But he said, but, verse 17, but ye know him, means you have this relationship. This know is an intimate relationship. Use the word is used for marriage. All right? Permanent, unbreakable, intimate relationship. You know him. So God says the believers have this intimate relationship, and he defines this intimate relationship, for he dwelleth with you. This dwelling of the Holy Spirit with the believer is something that is permanent. Now then the question is this. The people say, yeah, last time they dwell, they dwell, dwell with, and shall, but only after Christ will go away, then shall be in you. You see, never have indwelling. They only dwell with, never go in them. Please remember the word does, the Greek words, with and in, are interchangeable. It is not about location. Why does Christ say he dwell with you, the permanent relationship? Then he would say he shall be in you. Why does he use those words? Because of context. Context. All right? Now, what is the context? Look at verse 16. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you the Holy Spirit. No. He shall give you another comforter. Two words that are very important for us to understand. Read scriptures carefully. Number one. It is another. The word is another. He did not say he will give you the comforter. He said another comforter. The second thing you must remember is he says comforter. He did not say Holy Spirit. He gave a term to the Holy Spirit. We know it is the Holy Spirit. But he gave a term that is called the comforter. Why is Christ saying all this? Look at chapter 14. Let your heart, verse 1, let your heart not be troubled. Believe in God, you believe in God, believe thou also in me. Then he says, verse 3, if, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. You see, it is about going away. Going away. The context is going away. Verse 5, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? You see, the disciples' heart were troubled. And they say, you are going away. The context is going away. How do we know the way? How do we know what to do after you keep saying you're going away? We are very distressed. When you go away, how is going to guide us in the way? You, we always depended on you when we were persecuted. You defended us. When we do not know how to argue with the Pharisees, you argued for us. How are we going to know the way, how to behave after you leave us? So they were distressed. And in this distress, Christ said, now look at verse 17. You know the Holy Spirit. You know him. He dwells with you. He has always been with you. Since the day you got saved, he's always been with you. I am going away. I know you are concerned. I know that my presence comforts you. That is why he said, I will send another comforter. To them, Jesus was the only comforter for them thus far. But Christ has to go away. And when he goes away, he knows that there are worries. He said, don't worry. That Holy Spirit that you always knew about. So don't think that they thought that they don't have the Holy Spirit. They always knew that the Spirit, but ye know him. 
And you know, He has always been with you, dwell with you. Now, He shall be in you. Number one, He did not say the Holy Spirit because they already have the Holy Spirit. But He's talking about a role that the Holy Spirit, which has always been with them, will now begin to play when He goes away. They do not need to worry to be comfortless because the Holy Spirit that has always been with them will take over this role that Christ has been praying. That is why it's called another. It has always been me. Now it will be another one. Another one. Not me anymore. Physically, He will always be with you on earth. Why would He change dwell with you to in you? It's not about location. Oh, last time He's just next to you. Your Old Testament believer, right? Then, after I go, he comes inside you. We already studied this word cannot mean location, all right? He shall be in you. Why is he saying? He chooses to use with and in to emphasize, use different ways of explaining to them. He has always been with you, very close to you. Okay, I know you're worried that when I go away, you are very, very concerned, distressed. He will even say he will be in you. means, unlike me, unlike me who has been with you, I need to go away to prepare a home, a place for you. I need to go away. But He will dwell in you, meaning to emphasize to them, He will never leave you. Unlike me, who need to physically go away, He will physically always be in you. Means always very close to you, intimate with you. So He used all these terms to emphasize this comforter, which is another one, will not, like Himself, need to go away. It's a permanent, ongoing, new role. Another role that the Holy Spirit will play. So again, when he says, the Father will give you, he is not saying that they don't have the indwelling. He already said, you have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. He is saying, he will now come, come upon you, fill you, to comfort you. So it is, once you understand terms God uses, once you see context, you understand why God say these things. Now, why did I ask you to read passages after passages about there are seven spirits of God? Is there only one Holy Spirit, Thomas? Should be only one. Now you say shoot because we just read seven, right? So maybe it's not Trinity. It's how many? Um, seven plus two. Try Trinity, Nine. Right? T-R-I, tri-trinity, because there's nine. But we know it's trinity. Now, you cannot force your thinking upon God's explanation. God repeatedly talks about the Holy Spirit is also mentioned as seven spirits. Please don't argue with God. How can three be one? Just like you don't argue with God about the trinity, you do not argue with God. The Spirit of God is also seven spirits. God simply says that. Now, I want you to turn to Revelations chapter 5, verse 6. Revelations chapter 5, verse 6. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. Reading, And I beheld... And lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, 
and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as he had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. You see, sent forth, seven spirits sent forth. Is it not consistent with sin? Sin. Seven spirits are sent. So when God says, I will pray that the Father will send you, He is talking about these seven spirits being sent. Sent. Now, what are these seven spirits? Why is it called seven spirits? Number one, seven, especially when referred um, to certain circumstances in the Bible and to God, is perfection. The number seven is of perfection. It speaks of perfection. But is it just that? Turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Here, since the Old Testament, God already spoke about the seven spirits of the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, let's read verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and of and understanding, and the Spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Count the number. Number one. And the spirit of the Lord. Number one. Number two, the spirit of wisdom. Number three, the spirit of understanding. Number four, the spirit of counsel. Number five, the spirit of might. Number six, the spirit of knowledge. Number seven, the spirit of fear of the Lord. Now, God talks about seven aspects not seven spirits, sorry, the seven aspects, the seven roles, seven aspects, and seven roles of the Holy Spirit. One spirit performing that. The general overall is the first one, and the Spirit of the Lord, simply that. Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit have six other roles, including being the Spirit of the Lord. The seven roles. God will send forth. We read in Revelations chapter 5, verse 6. God will send forth the seven Spirit of the world into the world, into the earth. So these seven aspects, seven roles, get sent. All right? Get sent. First, the Holy Spirit, just as the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord being sent. Now, that would, that, would, that would very well fit in the indwelling. If you are a believer, the Holy Spirit is sent to you at that point of salvation. The Spirit of the Lord, will be, you'll be sealed with the Spirit of the Lord, the first Spirit. Permanent indwelling. But because you're saved already, Christ already said, the Spirit that dwells with you. Why does He say, and shall be in you? He will not leave you unlike me. So this is a permanent, the Spirit of the Lord, your permanent sealing. Then the six other aspects, sending with this indwelling that the believer have, the Spirit of the Lord. Then the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of wisdom will be sent. That is why every time we go to serve God, every time we pray, what do we pray? Lord, please grant us the Spirit of wisdom. Are you saying, I don't have the Holy Spirit now, give me the Holy Spirit? 
No, you understand scriptures when you pray. It's just you never tie it together. You already know I have the indwelling, just like Old Testament saints have the indwelling. God already said in Old Testament times that the seven spirit roles exist. So when God says the spirit of wisdom is about infilling, enabling you to do God's work, to understand scriptures. Now, one of the spirit is the spirit of counsel. The spirit of counsel. Right? Now put a, put a bookmark on Isaiah 11 too. Now turn back to John. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Now, look at verse 16. I will give you another comforter. I will give you. But yet, he says in verse 17, the Spirit of God dwelt with you, shall be in you. Now, isn't it a bit confusing if Jesus just said that he, were, he dwelt with you and yet he said, I will send. Will the disciples, Lord, I don't understand you, you know, Lord. You just said that we know this Holy Spirit means we have an intimate relationship with Him and we know Him and He dwells with us. But Lord, how come you just say He will send? They do not need to be confused because they understand very clearly in their heart that the dwelling is always with them. The dwelling is always with them. And when God says, I will send, I will send, he's talking about these roles. This Holy Spirit who dwells in you will be given another role that he will perform when I go away. Another role, which is the comforter role. The spirit of counsel. What is counsel? Counsel means you do not know what to do. You need advice. You do not know how to act. You need instructions. You are concerned about how to think, you are given understanding. That is the meaning of counsel, right? You go to someone for counseling, after that, you go away comforted. Correct? So, when he says, just now we read, one of the spirit role is the spirit of counsel. Right? So, this is all that Christ is saying. You have the indwelling, and you know, you know I'm going away, I know you are very worried, Thomas. You, you say, how, how do I know the way? How, how to act? What to do? What to say? How to behave? How to think? He said, don't worry. The spirit of counsel, one of the seven roles, when I leave, he will take over that role. He will play that role. Do you understand that? Now, Okay, so when you understand context, when you understand consistency with other parts of Scripture, other parts of Scripture does talk about seven spirits sent. Seven spirits sent. The theology, overall theology of Romans chapter 8, that if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are none of His. If you do not have the Holy Spirit, you will not have the spirit of counsel sent to you. You will be comfortless. That is why you fear eternal death. So this understanding of scriptures is crucial. Alright? Now, so 
return also. Then now it's easy to understand, right? John 16, 17. John 16, 17. Let's turn there. John 16. No, John 16. Now, let's look at verse 7 now. Or let's read John 16, verse 5 to 7. Reading. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said, said these things unto you, you sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, isn't it easy to understand now? You see, without understanding context, without understanding consistency with other parts where God says seven spirits, without understanding that all believers already have the dwelling of the Spirit, and this dwelling of the Spirit will never leave them, you will read this passage wrongly. You will read it this way. Look at chapter 16. If you just simply look at verse 7. Oh, if I go not away, the comforter will not come. But if I depart, I will send them, send him unto you. You will read it this way. And that's how most Christians read it. You will read it as, you see, only after Jesus Christ had gone away, then the Holy Spirit came. And therefore, it must be New Testament believers only. And Jesus himself even said, I must go away. Because if I don't go away, he will not be sent to you. He will not come. So you end up with that conclusion just by reading one verse. But once you understand there are seven spirits, the first one, Spirit of the Lord, is your indwelling, permanent relationship with God. And then the six other are the roles that the Holy Spirit will play in you, with you. One of them is the comforter. Christ said, the context is verse 5, but, if I, but now, I go, now I go my way. And if I don't go away, the comforter cannot come. The Holy Spirit and Christ, they do not fight with each other in their roles. Please know that. They are united in hearts. They know their roles very clearly at different stages of the believer's life. They understand each other's role very clearly. They do not fight. So Christ is saying, it has always been in scriptures. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of counsel, your comforter. That is one of his roles. I will not fight with him. But while I am on earth, I am playing that role temporarily with you when I walk with you, talk with you, sleep with you, guide you, teach you, defend you. I've been that role to you. But that was never my permanent role with you. So Christ said, I must go away because the intention of God the Father is to have the Holy Spirit play that spirit of counsel role in your life and he shall be in you means it's a permanent role mine is temporary i'm going away that's why i say he shall be in you is to tell them unlike me who will go with you he shall be future he will always be in you be in your midst i will go away 
Christ said, I will not fight with him, neither will he fight with me as long as I am on earth. So when you understand the seven spirit and their role, then you read this, all right? You understand other parts of scripture. Then you read this. Verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. So God is saying, this is the truth of the word of God, the truth of how things will work. It's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. He will not. He will not fight with me. But that is his role. I must now leave it to him. After I leave, he will take over. He will be in with you. He will not like me leave anymore. Leave at all, rather. All right? So, I will send him unto you. You see, when Christ have, is done with his temporary physical comforting role to the believer when he died and he resurrected and he leave and they saw him leave their hearts will be comforted i remember christ said i have the dwelling of the holy spirit but now i'm even more assured this dwelling this this dwelling indwelling holy spirit he now will play the role that christ that i've been dependent on christ all this while he will now play this role, take over this role permanently. And I do not need to be comfortless. I do not need to fear. Do you understand? Scriptures must be understood and, 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 be, and interpreted according to how God says, for this is the truth. Now, next one. You look at verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. Now, what is Christ saying? We already saw that, wait, let me turn, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Now, in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, now it says, He's the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of knowledge, the knowledge of God's truth. That is why it's also called the spirit of truth because He's the one that will give knowledge of truth. So Christ is saying that I have been the one always directly speaking from my mouth when I am with you, the truth. But when He says, Verse 13, and when the spirit of truth is come, is come, what is he saying? When I depart, don't worry, you will continue to have the truth. You see, they worried. Jesus has always taught them in person. But when you leave, who's going to teach us? He said, the spirit after I leave, one of the seven roles is the spirit of knowledge. Spirit of knowledge. He will be your teacher. That is what it means. The spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. Is come doesn't mean the Holy Spirit has not come. Look up here. He has always dwelt with the believers. Is come is referring to he will come and play the, sub, the different seven roles that is given to him by God the Father. The seven spirits. He will now begin to play those roles. That is why when he is come, he is come is not, he's not here. He has always been here and now he will do these roles. All right? 
So once you see, once you understand feeling and come upon, then send, give, is come. All this kind of thing. You know it cannot be referring to the spirit of the Lord, of your indwelling. You know it is these roles that he will play to fill you, to come upon you. All right? Now, so, oh, we will answer more questions. Now, what about the question of, for example, Christ say, breathe, receive ye now the Holy Ghost. Then what, how do you explain that? How about the psalmist say, David says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. How to explain all those? God willing, next week, we'll continue to see. Let us pray.